introduce each other sure. as like director, yeah, partner, mm-hmm. founder, cool, DP, <clears throat> yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and don't hit the table as much. Cool, mm-hmm. I will. The, uh, <laughs> I will. I'm a strong man. <laughs> <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Flagship Visuals Podcast, episode number one. 100. 100, yes, of the amount of times that we've tried to start a podcast. And recorded. And recorded. And it's never seen the light of day for mm-hmm. one reason or another. Mm-hmm. But hey, this is a year of new beginnings. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, this this one will see the light of day. It will. Um, so yeah, uh, I really want to get into, you know, first of all, introing ourselves, um, and then talking about why we started the podcast. Um, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Matt? Yeah. So uh, I'm Matt, uh, founded flagship 2014, maybe even 2013, or it's debatable at this point, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, primarily director of photography, although I direct some projects as well. And, um, yeah, that's the, that's the lowdown on, on Matt Trigar. Yeah, and I'm Derek. Uh, I direct everything. Also, co-owner of Flagship Visuals, and you know, sort of spearhead everything on the creative side, editing, and we also have our uh, main editor, filmmaker mm-hmm. Haskell, Matt mm-hmm. Haskell, behind the the camera. Hi, the ha- everybody. Yeah, the Haskmaster. The Haskmaster. The Taskmaster. The Taskmaster. Haskmaster. Um, the Bulldog. If you need a door built. <laughs> <laughs> Um, originally from the Boston area. Yes. No, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the flagship visuals core team yeah. is, is us three. And certainly we scale up and there's, uh, you know, a crew of characters that have, you know, sort of come and gone and are still part of, you mm-hmm. know, the journey. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, you know, I think today's episode should be about, um, is just talking about the journey, you know, sort of how it started, how it started for us individually, what flagship, how flagship visuals came about, um, and sort of bring everyone up to speed on the bird's eye view. But, uh, but this being our first episode, obviously we'll get into that stuff, but you know, our, our hope I think for this podcast is one, I think we have a lot more mileage and years and experience under our belt now where we feel like, all right, cool. There's probably some, some, hopefully some, uh, wisdom nuggets that we can throw out there to people that are listening, um, that are, you know, want to become filmmakers, want to get more involved or want to just know kind of more about who we are and just get a vibe for us. Um, as well as like, I think we want to have some guests on the show that we can kind of get some wisdom from, we can talk to, we can pick their brain on stuff and just kind of essentially kind of get to know them, hear some cool stories. We can kind of talk about our stories, some of our experiences, good, bad, the ugly, the funny ones, the good ones, the adventures. And so we've definitely had a, a plethora of those. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of, the, the hope for the the flagship podcast uh, in a nutshell. Yeah. And, and even with our corner of the production industry, which is really commercial filmmaking mm-hmm. at the end of the day for us, um, just to kind of give like a peek behind the curtain, a little BTS on what that's like, both from, you know, uh, the creative work mm-hmm. aspect of what it takes to pull stuff off, as well as like what it's actually like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, even just from a, you know, owner operator side of things, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what it's like to, to run a production company too. And so, yeah, hopefully there's value for anyone that, that listens and, um, yeah, our, our, our hope is just to share insight and, uh, hopefully you guys gain something mm-hmm. from that. So, but yeah, on this episode, why don't we, uh, talk a little bit about who flagship visuals is, where we kind of came from. Cool. Yeah. So you start then Matt, um, 
kind of like, I mean, we know, we know our backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, but uh, for those that don't, what sort of like uh, set you on this path of what ended up becoming filmmaking? Yeah, I would say, um, oddly enough, for most most people who live in, our, you know, we're based out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, and so we're definitely like a skate surf town. But growing up, skate videos and skateboarding was kind of like what we grew up doing. It was like our lifeblood, and so um, me, uh, not being the best skate skater out of my whole crew, I ended up picking up a camera and, you know, that kind of the rest is history. So that's kind of where, where I started was, um, grabbing, you know, uh, my friend's parents camcorder and then borrowing it without them knowing and making skate videos and then using VCRs to record back and forth and edit on VCRs getting hooked up. And that was the most crude way of making skate videos. And so, that was in a nutshell, like kind of what inspired me seeing a lot of older skate videos. I know we've talked in the past about, you know, some some iconic skate videos that were really inspirational to us and uh, in, influenced us very much. You know, like yeah, right or Shorty's videos or girl skate videos. I mean, there was there was all kinds of stuff that definitely pushed me in a direction of like really enjoying the the filmmaking process. And so, yeah, that's kind of my personal journey up to you know how I got started in in you know, filmmaking. So, yeah, I mean, mine very similar too. And I think, you know, I was definitely very involved with skate culture. Like you said, both of us are born and raised in the Virginia beach area, which is, you know, a, a coastal region for those who aren't familiar. Um, and it's kind of like a military town too. So it's very transient Tour, you know, tourism tourism. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it is like a, a beach skate town for sure. Um, and yeah, you know, like skateboarding at that time too, like now what skateboarding's turned into, you know, now it's in the Olympics and, mm. you know, it's seen as like an actual real sport, but back then it was sort of like, you know, I don't know, just like that, like teenage angst that like, you know, uh, sort of like outcasts of society. Um, but, you know, from a from a art perspective, too, that always had so much culture in it. And, you know, especially with skate videos, too, like there was just such a experience mm-hmm. when you watch the skate video. And, um, you know, that was something that I always loved about skate culture is, you know, not only did they push the boundaries on what was possible on a skateboard, but just even what was possible to to capture that showcase mm-hmm. that. And uh, yeah, same, same thing for me as far as, you know, my involvement grabbing, you know, a, a friend's parents, you know, camcorder and uh, you know, uh, making those like crude skate videos where you'd have like, uh, you know, your own like Bobo ramps that you'd build mm-hmm. and you'd have it like locked off shots mm-hmm. and you'd be, you know, filming for hours just to get someone to mm-hmm. like land a trick. And then you'd like, you know, crudely edit those on mm-hmm. VCRs and you'd be just be so stoked at the end of it invite all your buddies over to watch, you know, your skate part. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, there was one skate video in particular that sort of changed. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday when it came out, going to the skate store, picking it up. This was before the days of YouTube. This was in the nineties. And, uh, yeah, I, I watched it every single day. It was fulfill the dream, watch it every single day. Uh, and, at that time, there wasn't a skate video like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had things like four on one, which is basically like vlogs mm-hmm. back in the day, like before vlogging was a thing, but it was like a day in the life of a skater. Right. Um, so you had that sort of organic element, but this was like a true like 
story Mm -hmm. that was being told and, um, you know, showing the camaraderie of the team and sort of, yeah, it's just a precursor of like even jackass and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so, uh, the soundtrack super iconic as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now looking back, I can see just, you know, my, my love for music, my love for visuals, my love for storytelling sort of sprung out of that. I feel for me, it wasn't cinema, um, you know, as some people's journey is, mm-hmm. it was, it was that, it was that counterculture, like uh, trailblazing, like, mm-hmm. what if we did this? Right. This hasn't been done before. Right. Um, that kind of spirit that sort of is always, I feel like stayed with me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to fast forwarding now to how I direct and how I view things, um, you know, on the projects where we really go for it is, is that kind of like free spirit of like, you know, the only rule is there is no rules. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly in the early days of, of skateboarding or that nineties era of Mm -hmm. skateboarding, I should say. Um, it very much, you know, was, was that Mm -hmm. it's like, there is no rules, you know, so we can kind of make trailblaze and, and make the story as we want. Yeah. Cause there was like, there was skateboarding, Mm -hmm. right. But then there was also like another layer within those videos that I think for, for both of us was, you know, like sketches that would kind of be kind of like, placed in in between the skating sure. that one made your you know your favorite skateboarder kind of humanized because they'd be in this sketch and you get to see their personality you get to like kind of connect with them through like whether it's like a, a funny sketch or like just something kind of you know uh creative and so for me that was also like man like it's not just like cutting together a bunch of footage it's like man you can actually have fun and like find an art form within this like you know i guess format you can kind of break that mold quite a bit and i felt like a lot of those skate videos kind of coming up did a lot of that kind of stuff yeah that was super fun to kind of watch and then go out and try to do it yourself yeah and and that's sort of what it kind of evolved in you know uh middle school and high school into like sort of that more skit based Mm -hmm. you know as we continued our craft at that time we didn't even know it was a craft really um but it's just how many funny skit Mm -hmm. you know type videos can we make and And that kind of took off even more so with jackass like once once jackass kind of hit the scene then it was like oh okay like not only are we making like just funny like sketches but now we're like kind of doing like outlandish things that you know are just kind of just wild you know extreme extreme things that were you know a different type of a sketch that i feel like kind of brought a different element into it but um and i remember that kind of you know playing into a lot of stuff you know even even other types of videos that i was creating you know at that time too so so what would you say like beyond sort so for both of us Mm -hmm. very similar entrances into like video mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like picking up a camera and shooting what's in front of us and what's important to us at the time which mm-hmm. is skateboarding right when did you sort of see like okay this you know isn't just a phase this is something that like i really enjoy doing want to continue doing when did that sort of sort of click for you yeah i would say you know or early on i would say like when i was about 16, 17 years old, my life took like a massive turn Mm -hmm. and uh, made a bunch of big life changes. And yeah, very much kind of like got my my life straight, I guess you could say, and kind of, you know, uh, got my stuff together. And at that point, got really involved. In and a, it was, you got scared straight. Got scared straight. Yeah. Okay. I was holding a pocket. Okay. And Good. they scared me straight. And it was, it was dare in school. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just drug awareness, sure. resistance, yeah. education. I still <laughs> yeah. remember it. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that, that turn in my life also kind of like in, in, inspired me to then take that craft and, and use it for, for good as well. And so I got really involved in a, in a church and, 
uh, a part of that was a lot of like just making sketches, making youth newses every week for the, our, our youth ministry. And so, which consisted of, you know, duct taping fire crackers to someone's arm and then, you know, setting them off. And that was like, a, you know, kind of, again, gleaming from from jackass type stuff, you know, um, over to those types of things and then kind of putting in like a, yeah, so come on out, you know, bring your friend and you don't want to end up like this guy kind of like really crude uh, type of comedy sketches or whatnot, you know, and so that that's kind of where I think I, I, I continued to kind of build from there. And then uh, I essentially uh, was then, uh, overseeing, uh, the media department, the weekly TV show, the youth news, the church news. And so I, I was more or less kind of overseeing a lot of that stuff, young adults, all, all those types of things. And so that's when I figured out like, okay, like this is more than just like a, a hobby or a fun thing to do, but it's a fun thing to do. And now it's also kind of like starting me down this career path to, to some extent, you know? And so it was kind of always like a, a, a sidecar or, uh, always like a vehicle in which I was going to get to, you know, what I want to do, which was, you know, help and care for people. And, and that was kind of a, a, a way in which to do that. So, yeah. So at sort of the, the height, um, you know, at that point in sort of your life and career, what all were you, were you managing? There was live production. There was like, you know, like you said, like weekly, you know, pre-recorded mm-hmm. segments, commercial spots, different things yeah. like that. Like what, what all was sort of under your umbrella? Yeah. So I oversaw, um, our weekly services. So basically all of the live production, the lighting team, the sound team, you know, we would be linking in streaming different services from different parts of the country and they would all be kind of interacting and talking back and forth. So making sure they were all queued up correctly, working with all the teams, making sure we're communicating and all that kind of stuff. Um, large conferences, large events. And then on a weekly standpoint, you know, it'd be every single week was a, a church news, which was about two minutes long, was broken up into 30 second spots or 15 second spots. And so, um, and those would constantly change out. That's where, you know, we'll get into your, your side of it uh, here in a minute, but um, overseeing that we had a weekly TV show that was recorded, you know, live every week and then post-production was done on it. And then that was sent out to stations um, trying to think of uh, some other things that I was all the, all the conferences and stuff like that as well. So, um, young adults, youth, uh, all the media side on, on those things as well. So that was, that was kind of all of which I was overseeing and teams, you know, that were handling a lot of that stuff. And I was just kind of just making sure everything was, was going. And when forward. we did like, cause now sort of like from the knowing you went down like more of like a DP path mm. at, at any point, like were you seeing yourself drawn to a particular aspect of that? Um, I, I always, I always enjoyed creating nice looking images. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's where I always would naturally kind of find myself going down. Like, yeah. Hey, let's make this look a little bit nicer. Let's, you know, aesthetically, like let's, yeah. let's clean this up. Let's make this lighting. Why does this? And then figuring it out, you know, yeah. at that time we didn't have like, you know, I wasn't going to film school, you know, I went to, uh, you know, went to, went to a Bible college that was, you know, a very small Bible college. And so, uh, never really taught or, you know, sent to, to get any type of proper education. It was all figuring it out. And then 2006, you know, YouTube was kind of launched, but it took a couple of years before you're starting to see stuff that was actually like helpful educational wise to even learn. So, but yeah, that's kind of, I was always sort of bent towards the, the visual side of things, but also used to working with people and, and, 
directing people. You know, a lot of the projects that we were doing had no budget and we were working with 100% volunteers, you know, both on the the actors in it as well as the volunteers who are going to be helping with the production. And so, um, you know, kind of used to that kind of run and gun, no budget. If anything, I'm putting in money into this type of thing, you know, and so uh, very, very scrappy, extremely scrappy and figuring stuff out and making it happen. And but the bar always kind of always was going up, going up for expectation. Mm -hmm. Like anytime, like you pulled something off, it was like, okay, cool. That's the bar now. That's the expectation Mm -hmm. here moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was definitely like a blessing and a curse, you Mm -hmm. know, and as far as my background, that's where we met was, was in church. And that's, you know, how I guess our, you know, working relationship started as well. Um, you know, you were definitely handling more of, like the teams and, you know, overseeing departments and things like that on, on a whole. And then, you know, when I sort of came into the picture, I was like started editing and that's mm-hmm. my sort of background bread and butter is editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hindsight 2020, I can now see that, you know, I was drawn to editing because it's like you can control a lot of the storytelling mm-hmm. uh, in the edit. Mm-hmm. And so much of what we were doing at that time, you know, was like, you know, ready, fire, aim. So it's like you fix it in the edit, you make it in the edit. Mm. And, um, you know, a lot of my like storytelling, you know, chops or skill set came from like, all right, I have to make this nothing into Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. And, um, you know, so so, yeah, so we were both in that environment together working, Mm -hmm. you know, for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, yeah, obviously, our skill sets grew within that, I would say you know, probably to your point, probably like the largest thing that we gleaned from that was there was always a deadline every week. Mm -hmm. So we, no matter what, there was no wiggle room around Mm -hmm. that deadline. So that created a lot of urgency for Mm -hmm. us that we were able to kind of translate into our business now. Um, and just to be able to respond very quickly to, Mm -hmm. to big, large requests, Mm -hmm. uh, again, speaking more currently, Mm -hmm. um, I would, I would point back to, to that time of, of just having to constantly, uh, you know, respond on, on a quick, you know, uh, turnaround time. And then, you know, certainly working with no budgets, Mm -hmm. we're able to stretch, you know, that dollar that much further. And then, you know, the, the team environment, knowing that you're working with unpaid people, your Mm -hmm. people skills have to be like really, really good to Mm -hmm. get people to buy into what you're doing. And so, you know, looking back, I see all of those things as things that we've carried over into, mm-hmm. into what we're doing now. Um, but we were there for a few years. Uh, you were there a, a few few years after me, um, but I sort of took a path in the more corporate side of things, um, working for actually a, a mortgage company. But uh, now it's pretty standard for like a brand or a large company to have like an internal marketing department mm-hmm. with an internal video team and so forth. But at that time, but at that time, you know, we're talking, you know, over 10 years ago at this point, it wasn't normal. And so they were, you know, launching an internal video team within their marketing, uh, internal marketing side of things. And I was helping them uh, launch that and helping them navigate what that what that looked like um and so i was there for three years almost and Mm -hmm. that was great and then um uh joined another agency for about a year and a half and then that's where our paths you Mm -hmm. know sort of met again so we were probably you know uh yeah about about a four-year break give or take Mm -hmm. of you still within that um 
setup mm -hmm. uh, at, at the church. And then I had dabbled in the corporate side and at another mm -hmm. agency. Um, and then, you know, when we relinked, you had founded, you know, flagship at that point, mm -hmm. um, probably six months in or, or so when we had, when we had caught back up. So tell me what sort of like when you knew your time was done and what you like, why you started a production company. Yeah. So like from when I was a kid, like we lived, uh, in a condo on a golf course, I'm gonna take it all the way back to there because I want to draw the point of like. Uh, I always had like an entrepreneurial bend to whatever I was doing. And so we used to live on a golf course and, you know, after that we were basically where the, you would tee off is where the balls would land be like right there. So a lot of times we have, you know, golf balls hitting our backyard all the time or, you know, they'd be, you know, near our house or whatever. And then, um, there'd be a lot of lakes and a couple creeks. And so when I was a kid, you know, we'd go through and we would trudge through the lakes. We'd pick up all the balls out of our backyard. We'd bag them all up and then, when the golf carts would come and basically stop at my house, we would sell golf balls back to all the golfers. And so that was at like, you know, I was in the second or third grade, you know, I'm like seven, eight, nine years old, um, kind of starting like a, a business. And that was, that was kind of a good, you know, picture to how kind of, uh, I, I continued to kind of do things always kind of, uh, trying to be pretty entrepreneurial. I think I was kind of wired that way. And so, because flagship know. wasn't your first actual business. You no, had several businesses no. prior yeah, to that. Yeah, several businesses prior to that. You know, right out of high school, mm -hmm. had a mobile detailing business. Um, then I had a construction business with a dump truck and, you know, skid steer and, you know, had, a, you know, very different types of businesses, but always was like in business. And then going into ministry, you know, that's where I felt like my, my, my life was kind of going towards was, was, was being in ministry. And so, um, and then, yeah after that, that season had kind of, uh, gone on for quite some, quite some time, you know, I felt like, yeah, this, there, there's, there's definitely a change. I'm feeling like I'm going to end up back in business and I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I don't know what exactly the timing of it's going to be, but I can feel that it's coming soon. I can, I, I feel like I'm going to be back in business. And, um, yeah, so it was a lot of me looking at real estate and, you know, and talking with different people and then just kind of like out of nowhere, um, you know, got hit up for, for a freelance job doing a, doing a video for a, a local brand here in, in Virginia beach. And so did that local job. And that was kind of like the start, um, the starting block for, for flagship. And so I think that was like the end of 2013 and 2014, I was like, all right, I think we might have, I'm probably just at least open up like a LLC if I'm going to freelance, you know? And so did that for probably like six months, um, you know, while I was working full time freelance, like on the weekends or at night or, you know, on Mondays we would have off. So I would be, you know, trying to schedule my productions on Mondays, you know? And so that was kind of what I did for like six months and, you know, saved up some money and was able to buy a little bit of gear. And, um, you know, that I think, I think 2014, again, it's still debatable. 2014, like June is when I actually went like full time, um, and started flagship and, kind of the rest is history from there. Just a slow build. Um, had a lot of friends who are our, our first few employees, you know, high school guys that were, you know, working part time, helping edit and so on and so forth. And then you, you joined me, at, you know, about a year and a half into, you know, me starting it and kind of, yeah, our, our pads met, met back up and, you know, we were kind of off to the races again. So, yeah, yeah, no. Um, so what, what did that look like though? Like when you were like, you know, cause I think starting out, 
you know, I can definitely think back to conversations where it's probably like you, you thought like, okay, like I'm going to freelance. Right. Yeah. And then that turns into like, okay, well, like, let me start a company Mm -hmm. and sort of like have people, you know, involved with some of the aspects. So I'm not doing everything. Um, at what point, you know, for, for you, did you feel like, okay, I'm not freelancing, I'm like, I'm starting a company mm-hmm. with the intention to build a yeah. company, build a production company. Yeah, I think that morphed. I think I think from day one, it's always been like an ongoing like, OK, I think I think I like this more than this. So we're going to head in this direction. It was never from the get go like this is what we're going to do and this is where we're going to be. We're going to be this big and doing these types of projects only. And like that's where our niche is like it was it was never like that. It was always a very organic, um, free flowing development every chapter and so i i would say you know me jumping out as as a freelancer that was like one chapter to okay well i want to work with people that i really enjoy working with and so that's when i started to kind of bring people in that were essentially like good friends of mine that i knew had a good skill set that i knew i could train i mean i trained volunteers for for years so it's like that it's it's never the the skill set that's the issue it's always just the attitude willing willingness to learn and you know work ethic and so yeah, I can I can train anybody on how to edit and how to get better there and I can train them up pretty easily and pretty quickly. And so that was like kind of the next chapter. And so one thing led to the next. And, you know, um, you know, then we had different types of work that we were doing commercial here and, you know, short form, like testimonial mini docs, which we had done for years, you know, back in the church days. And so that was kind of just how it developed. And I think um, it's always just been like an unfolding next chapter. And you don't really know what that next chapter looks like until you start reading it. And so that's kind of what it's been like for, for us for, for uh, you know, with flagship. So, yeah. And then at, at what point do you feel like, um, you know, it's like, okay, here, here is like, cause I remember like when we, when we talked, you had already had sort of uh, like when we talked about, uh, you know, basically partnering together, mm-hmm. um, you had sort of already had, uh, like a motto of like, mm-hmm. I just want to enjoy the, enjoy yeah. the adventure. Yeah. When do you feel, where do you feel like that came from and what values do you feel like sort of came into the business as far as core values mm-hmm. where you knew both, you know, from, from experience, you know, experiencing good things, experiencing yeah. not good things, mm-hmm. um, that you're like, okay, this is definitely going to be a part of things. And I'm definitely not going to have this mm-hmm. a part of our values. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of how flagship, the DNA of flagship and like our, our motto and where everything, it all comes from past experiences. It comes from your upbringing, it comes from your experiences at other companies, running previous businesses, being a part of previous businesses, you know, and, and those experiences kind of lead up to like, what, what do I want to create? What, what would I want to be a part of? And so, that was that was kind of you know enjoying the adventure that's like our our motto is like it, it to me it's never about like the destination that you end you end at although that's great and that's awesome and it's it's cool to to do work for a big brand uh, you know you put whatever name in there you want to that's that's cool and that's great but if it, it's all for me it's about the adventure it's about that journey and if you're not enjoying that journey getting to that destination then it's it's very it's very like empty when you get to that destination you kind of get there and you're like all right so i guess this is it this is the mountaintop you know like cool you're gonna have a mountaintop experience and that's great but like the hike getting up there it it should be that should be the the most fun part it's not easy but it should be fun it should be able to enjoy it with people and so that's kind of that's kind of where me building the company and and wanting to form it a, a particular way and keeping things out of it and including things in 
a lot of that just came from past experiences that I had, you know, picked up on things that I liked, things I didn't like. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's usually where that stuff kind of stemmed from. So, yeah, yeah. I know that's one of the things that was really important to me and, you know, in our first conversations of same thing, you know, uh, experience things from, you know, the church side of things, working with in a corporate company structure, working for, you know, another agency and kind of having those experiences and knowing like, okay, like, I know the future is doing something, you know, on my own or with someone. And that's when our, you know, conversations sort of started. Um, but for me was like, you know, my, my time is really important and, uh, you know, I didn't want to be a workaholic mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I just knew that I wanted to put my family first mm -hmm. and I wanted my presence to be, you know, uh, felt as my kids, both of us had kids at the times that mm -hmm. we were, you know, uh, starting those beginning conversations. And, uh, yeah. So I think, you know, sort of talking about what our core values be became, you know, one of the first values, uh, that we sort of established was people first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in, uh, priority is like our, you know, each other and employees, mm -hmm. anyone who's sort of under the flagship umbrella, like they're first and their families are first. Mm -hmm. And then the contractors and uh, that we work with mm -hmm. and the clients that we work with mm -hmm. too, like people first, even yeah. before projects, mm -hmm. you know, because again, we come from a people first, you know, background sure. um, too. And we, we brought that through with us and, and really value people, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then as far as our other core values uh, of which there are five, you know, I would say that uh, a pursuit of mastery was another thing. And again, that we brought through from, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that we didn't go to film school mm -hmm. and, you know, we did sort of figure out things based on intuition and, and, you know, that's got a lot of pros and it does have some cons, you know, you are going to have to work harder than most, um, you know, who sort of get like spoon fed, you know, Hey, here's the curriculum. Here's how you do things right. But there's also a benefit, um, because you do sort of going back to this, you know, skate roots, uh, of like, Hey, like we can, you know, uh, blaze this trail over mm -hmm. here. We can do this this way. Why can't we do it that way? Mm -hmm. Um, and sort of bringing that, that pioneer attitude, uh, towards things, but knowing that we're always going to elevate, we're always going to push things forward, going back to that bar being mm -hmm. set every single project, mm -hmm. you know, someone said to us once, like, you're only as good as your last project. And we definitely operate with that mentality mm -hmm. of, you know, how can we elevate it? Like, let's celebrate this, mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's celebrate this win, but, but how can we elevate it and continue to be a better director, be mm -hmm. a better DP, be a better editor, be a better storyteller, better filmmaker, whatever that means. And yeah. I think, you know, again, that was important for, for flagship, you know, uh, as we were sort of putting those core values in, uh, for that to be like, yeah, like that is a mark of flagship. Uh, what are some of the other core values of we're, our company? We're definitely like our, our, hardest critic, uh, like in a good way. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look back at a project and, and pick it apart to death, our own projects and know that we could have done better on a certain thing or a certain aspect or oh, if we could have, if we would have thought better on this, or if we would have spent more time in this area, you know, we're, we're always going to pick it apart. And I think that kind of goes back to the pursuit of mastery, you know, and yeah, I mean, even taking one quick little step back to, you know, people first, like, uh, you know, and en enjoying the adventure, like it, it was always like, you know, trying to marry work and free time. Like I just, that, you know, some people just kind of live for the weekend. They, they live for like getting off of work, clocking out at, at, you know, at five. 
And I think our goal was always like, no, we don't want to look forward to clocking out. We want to look forward to clocking in, you know, to some extent where it's like, we're looking forward to going and being in a positive and fun environment. We're with our friends. We're laughing, joking, getting work done, getting better, um, you know, working with even clients and partners and vendors and whoever like that we love to work with and have a great time. Like so. And, and I could truly say that, you know, you know, when we get on set with with people, with some of our, our, our vendors, it is it's, it's like it's like getting the band back together every time. It's super, super fun. Um, I, I would say also like marrying those two worlds together is, has definitely been a goal. I feel like we've done pretty well with in terms of like making jobs or work really, really fun to where you you can't really tell the difference between work, work time and like, quote unquote, free time, play time. And so um, that's that's been a good goal of ours. And I, I, I'd say uh, uh, kind of goes back to enjoying the adventure. So people first, uh, pursuit of mastery, you know, are two of our five core values. Mm -hmm. Uh, why don't you talk about, you know, just like the positive outlook, which is our third value. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's really, really easy. And now that I have kids, it's just so funny, but you know, having a positive outlook, uh, even when negative things come your way is, is such a, a big deal. Um, looking at what's possible, looking at what, um, could, definitely be something that comes against you and holds you back seeing a, a positive outlook on that you know teaching my kids similar you know it's like don't get down on yourself if you you know if you're playing a sport and you miss a shot like have a positive outlook on cool i'm just going to get back up and try to get another shot and try to make another shot but i'm not going to give up and and be negative on that stuff and so the same thing for us in our company it's like we're going to always try to have a positive outlook. If it's raining outside and we plan on having a sunny shoot, we're going to have a positive outlook and figure out a way to make it work. Which just definitely happened. Yes. And, you know, I think, too, even even internally with ourselves and how we carry ourselves on set, like we're not afraid to laugh at ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have fun. We're very conscious of the vibe on set mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, uh, the clients enjoying themselves. You know, this is a, like production and especially commercial filmmaking it's like uh, a high cost for a very small window of time. Mm -hmm. So there's high risk. Mm -hmm. And with that, you know, comes high stress uh, for, for some people. And so we actively work against that. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. with that positive outlook, with that, you know, just enjoyable presence that we carry on set, try to keep things light. Mm -hmm. um, by no means are we like, you know, unaware of how much risk, you mm -hmm. know, is involved a lot of times with brands. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, that goes, you know, to the pursuit of mastery mm -hmm. of, you know, we're not taking a job on unless we're confident that we're going to be yeah. the best for it. Sure. Um, so, but, but there is something to say about, you know, uh, how we sort of command the room and command the set to be one that is light and, and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to our, our positive outlook. Uh, why don't you speak on like the, the collaborative spirit that, that we have, um, you know, uh, creatively, yeah. um, you know, on sets and with our clients. Yeah. I would say that, you know, th there's terms like client and vendor and contractor, um, we use, we use those terms just because those are kind of like the industry known terms. But I, I would say that we kind of see everyone as a partner and we, we partner with an agency. We partner with a brand The the vendors that are coming in, they're actually like our partners. They're, they're our collaborators and, and everyone plays a collaborative piece in that puzzle. And so like you were saying a minute ago, you know, like, you know, production, there's so many moving parts and so many things that yes, um, even if you've planned every single thing to the T, 
100% within the first 30 minutes of arriving on set, something will have changed that plan, 100%. And that's just what's going to happen. If it's not in the first 30 minutes, it's going to be certainly in the first hour to two hours. Whatever you planned is now going to change. What you thought was uh, the right size shirt for the talent is now a little bit too big and you can't clip it because a certain angle that you need from the shot is now showing the clip. And I mean, like you can make up a million things, you know, like this house isn't sitting the right way and the car can't park in here because it would look like it's on the grass. And once you see it, and can't, like, you can't plan for everything. And so having a collaborative team to be able to kind of help problem solve that is like certainly what we always lean on. Like we, we lean on our, our, our hair and makeup artists to tell us like, hey, what do you think? Think. like we need you to collaborate with us don't let us tell you what we think is the best you like give us feedback like you're the expert in this you know like same thing on the client like hey tell us about you know the product even if, if it has nothing to do with this production we still want to know everything about this product because we need to have full information so we can be collaborative right back and be giving you good information so we want everyone to play a part you know and so we hope that never no one ever steps on to set or is as a part of a project and doesn't feel like included. Everyone has something valuable to bring. And we always make sure like where everyone's heard and, and, um, you know, again, like we're, we're not, we're going to run the show because we are experts on the filmmaking side of things. And that's what we've been hired to do is be experts in that. But we need everyone kind of playing their, their, their piece and being collaborative. And so that is kind of our nature. Yeah. So again, core values, people first, positive outlook, pursuit of mastery, collaborative you know just energy mm -hmm. uh with like you said mm -hmm. all of synergy synergy yeah it's definitely big on synergy um but yeah just the 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 collaborative spirit that we have with like you said all the people you know partners mm -hmm. um be it a client be it uh, a vendor or someone just internally um and then i would say lastly is you know just that we've always been you know and have always known that at any stage, this is just a chapter. It's not the whole story. Mm -hmm. It's a chapter to the story. And so we know that, you know, we have to continue to be forward thinking. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that that means as far as like within our industry, innovations and, you know, from a gear standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint, from a, a format and, you know, how people are viewing content in video, like, across the board even you know creatively again pushing the boundaries mm -hmm. before thinking don't just settle and hang our hat on like this is what we did last time mm -hmm. so let's do it no, let's continue to be forward thinking mm -hmm. uh, uh, across the board what else would you add to that um you know that that core value of forward thinking yeah i mean I, the other thing i would say is uh it kind of goes back to being collaborative but uh allowing other people to be forward thinking as well like i, I think about matt and there's been some productions kind of leading up to this and he's forethought things through that we didn't even think about, you know, like there was, there was one scene and, you know, uh, that we had on a particular project and, you know, he added like glass breaking to it. And I'm like, I never thought to do that, you know, and he was just very forward thinking, even on like such a specific type of a thing, like all the way down to that to, you know, and what I'm kind of getting to is very, very specific forward thinking on a project. But even beyond that, I think like our, our company nature in general is like, yeah, we, we may always do filmmaking, but we're always also when we've talked yeah, at length about this, like forward thinking on like what else business venture wise fits in with flagship that, you know, we need to be thinking about, you know, and uh, talking about AR and VR and, and, and all types of other things that are kind of coming down the pipeline, you know. And so um, there's a lot of things that are going to shake up here in the next five to 10 years, no doubt. And we want to make sure that we're we're seeing those things. We're not caught off guard and we're also able to like 
be ahead of them as much as we can. And I think, too, one thing that we've never forgotten and something that we didn't even touch on, but one of the things that I feel like gave us sort of an opportunity in at the right time, we're sort of the right time, right place. Mm -hmm. um, There is a lot of like luck involved, if you want to call it that, um, is that YouTube and online video was Mm -hmm. just taking off. Um, you know, and at the time that we got our start and, uh, the DSLR video Mm -hmm. revolution sort Mm -hmm. of just that, that barrier Mm -hmm. that, you know, that entry point Mm -hmm. of production where you used to have a full on, you know, $50,000 avid, Mm -hmm. you know, set up and, you know, cameras were X amount, like to be able to even play in Mm -hmm. that sphere. Yeah costs a lot of money so there was a huge barrier yeah and so i think tying that back to for being forward thinking is the the rug was sort of pulled out from a lot of the like legacy players you know who were already established in that sure. industry and it was you know sort of a tortoise in the hare situation mm-hmm. i i feel like um where you know maybe not comparatively to the tortoise and hare but a, a situation where a, a little sleep a little sl- slumber you know like things can change overnight. Sure. And for us, we were a, things did change overnight. We were able to take that opportunity, create a company, start mm-hmm. a business, but we're always forward thinking to know what is the next DSLR revolution that's going to change things yeah. overnight for our company and for our business. And we want to be ready for that, not caught off guard right. and playing catch up um, from that. Yeah, because like, you know, starting out, I'm sure your story was similar, but the process to make video when I first started out is so laughable now thinking back on it, you know, having the same tape that we would tape over multiple times where then it would start to bleed through and you'd see footage from the last thing on your new footage because you didn't have enough money to go buy a new tape. Taking that footage, and I know we use VCRs, but then the next step from there was going out to, to Votech, um, a, a local school, and my buddy went to Votech, and his teacher was okay with us giving in, like, after kids left school, and we would be there editing youth news until the janitors would kick us out and on this horrific editing system. And that was, like, the process until, like, yeah, okay, all of a sudden, you know, we had enough money to, like, get a little editing suite, and it was crude. I learned on Avid. It was horrible and it was extremely expensive. And so, you know, and the cameras were very expensive. And so once the DSLR, and for those of you that aren't familiar, because they may have even missed that DSLR revolution, um, because now there's so many different options for cameras that are in that price range. But basically a still photography camera, they just figured out that there was a a video (laughs) option on it and it looked gorgeous. You had amazing lenses that you can get a shallow depth of field and you've got this you know, cinematic look out of them and they, they looked fantastic and they were a fraction of the cost of what these other larger video cameras were. And it was almost like a, like an accident. And they, they kind of put this video feature in there just for like, you know, mainly more like, can. yeah, for, yeah. Cause we can, and it was for like, you know, uh, news, news photographers or journalists, um, that were just out snapping photos. Hey, so I'll, I'll record this. Yeah, yeah. Let me switch it over to video mode real quick. And it looks flipping amazing. We just had the benefit of that. And then technology kind of came along where it was now you don't need a massive computer. You can kind of edit on a laptop and the rest is history at that point. And so the process like just kind of warp speed everything to where now all of a sudden like what we would have had to gone to film school for and gone out to L.A. or New York or whatever to be on a film set for years to figure all this stuff out and get our hands on certain equipment was like right there in our fingertips, like out of nowhere, just someone dropped it in our laps. And so 
we're looking at that and thinking about what what's that next iteration of that? What what are we not forward thinking about that is going to be the next DSLR quote unquote revolution in our industry or you know, maybe in a, a similar industry, you know, that complements what we're doing. And again, it's just a mindset across the board, mm-hmm. both from an industry industry perspective, you know, as we look at a concept, like I said, not hanging our hat on mm-hmm. the last thing that we did, or this is how we did it last time, mm-hmm. but we're constantly forward thinking, you know, there's different, you know, I, I, I think through like, you know, call it eras or call it, you know, oh, like, this is how this brand and this industry does this type of video. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just sort of carbon copy it. Mm. I think, um, you know, a, a lot of companies can can be guilty of us too. And I, I feel like we do try to actively push against that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how can we make this unique? How can we make this us? And so, yeah, uh, to sort of, you know, recap, uh, you know, obviously company motto, enjoy the adventure. And then our five core values that, you know, take flagship visuals out of it, take production out of it uh and what we actually do this is still what we bleed and that's people first you Mm -hmm. know especially our families uh pursuit of mastery you know we're always you know not settling for for where we're at but constantly pushing the envelope on where our skill set can be having a positive outlook not afraid to laugh at ourselves carrying that onto set and just the overall experience that we have and, you know, with, with, uh, our, our clients, our partners, our vendors and so forth. Um, fourth being that collaborative creative value. Um, we, we value collaboration again with, with anyone we work with. We don't see like above the line, below the line, you know, terminology. Yeah. We believe that everybody has value that they can bring mm-hmm. to uh, a project. Um, and then lastly is just that forward thinking mentality and not settling and thinking that like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we might be king of the hill today, but you know, come tomorrow mm-hmm. we might not be yeah. and what is the next thing be it in a project be it within our industry mm-hmm. and so forth and so well yeah well hopefully that establishes who flagship is um how we sort of came to be and yeah i'm, I'm excited to sort of get into like the story of you know actually like how did we make a production company mm-hmm. work so we laid out the ideals. We're looking back on it. Hindsight 2020 of, yeah, this is, you know, sort of the story. Um, but yeah, I'm excited in the next episode to, to walk through that like year one through, I guess, eight now Mm -hmm. or so, um, and talk about, you know, how those core values flesh themselves out, the types of projects we're able to do types of projects that we learned a lot on, Mm. um, and sort of those, those, you know, peak moments, um, that, you know, are, are sort of those milestones now that we look back on. And so, uh, yeah, uh, that'll be an exciting episode to, to talk through and just even reminisce with you. I know oftentimes it's, you know, uh, you can be so focused on forward thinking <laughs> that you don't take a, a minute to look back on everything. And I think a lot of it too, even with this podcast, um, like, like we talked about, like at the very least, it's something that our kids can look back on. Right, and be like, right. This was, this is our, you know, these were our dads, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 mm-hmm. years ago, whenever they're watching it, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, be able to see, you know, kind of like a little bit of a time capsule mm-hmm. of, of where we were and where our thinking was. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. Even forward thinking for our kids too. Yeah. You know, 
Like, yeah, my dog's gonna love it. Yeah, <laughs> he's a big podcaster. So. Yeah, one day we're hoping to hand flagship off to Matt's dog. Yeah, <laughs> I guess is what I'm getting at. Me too. Um, That's gonna be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, now that we've got a, a good commercial with a dog that listened yeah. this time, mm-hmm. I'd say we're one step closer <laughs> to it. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for joining us for the first uh, flagship visuals podcast the inaugural episode uh check back every other wednesday we'll be here same time same same time same time crushed it flagship visuals podcast is available on youtube and wherever else Mm -hmm. podcasts are found check out our linkedin and instagram for more information we'll catch you on the next one on the next one